I just went out on a limb and backed myself, I guess, by by learning. Basically, everything I've learned is from YouTube. Welcome to the Family Travel Podcast by A Big Peachy Adventure, where we help families plan their adventures, whether it's for a week, indefinite, or anywhere in between. No matter what your budget, we bring you hints and tips from the experts, inspirational stories of families who are living their dreams, as well as must highlights from places that we and our guests visit. Welcome to another episode of the Family Travel Podcast by a Big Peach Adventure. Uh, you're joined today by Michael and Natalie, and today we're recording from Yapoon. Where is Yapoon? Yapoon's in the central coast of Queensland. I'd heard of this place by name, it's a pretty memorable name, but I'll be honest, it was never really on uh, my list of must-see places. I'll be honest though, it's been a pleasant surprise. The place here, if you're heading up the central coast, highly recommend you stop in here. The beach here is absolutely amazing. The lagoon, the foreshore development, is just absolutely sensational. It's filled with free water parks and multiple playgrounds. It's uh, getting to be one of the last croc and stinger-friendly beaches along the Queensland coast as you're heading north, uh, but also the amount of you know pretty cool eateries and cafes and all of that sort of stuff too. So Yapoon, yes, I, I'd live there. Um, it was a beautiful place and I highly recommend others stop there. So before we left Adelaide, when we were browsing through the forums, we saw that other people who were planning laps and half laps or any sort of trip quite often were asking the question about different ways they could make money on the road. And people are always quite inventive and it's always interesting seeing the different ways that people do make money, whether it's um, through skills they already have or learning new skills. So Michael even um, toyed with the ideas of other ways to make money while traveling and um, he jumped straight onto YouTube and Googled how to fix iPhone screens. And before we knew it, everyone in the street was having their iPhone screens and their iPad screens fixed so he could learn this new skill just as something else as a backup for a bit of extra cash while we traveled. I came across our guests today on a drone forum I'm on. I saw a video that had been posted and I thought, wow, I've got to speak to these people. Not about drone flying or photography, but how a drone had changed their life. The guy, Pokey, yep, that's the name we're going with there, used to be a mechanic. But now it's actually a drone that's funding their travels around Australia. Not only that, though, it's their philosophy about things, about life in general, that I thought was absolutely amazing and would just resonate a lot with a lot of the people who listen to this podcast. I loved our chat with Pokey and Sunshine. They're great. Their energy and their view on life is wonderful and we got so much out of our talk with them and it definitely made us think about things a bit differently. There's a saying that goes, do a job you love and you'll never work a day in your whole life. Imagine if you could do a job you love and travel while doing it. That's like the ultimate dream for everyone. And Pokey and Sunshine are the ultimate example of that. What's also interesting is they highlight how you don't need a formal education um, to do that job that you want to do. There's resources out there and they're also the perfect example of how persistence and belief in yourself can pay off in the long run and Pokey especially. Anyway, I believe that everyone needs a bit of pokey and sunshine in their life. So here we are. Without further ado, please enjoy our talk with Pokey and Sunshine. Welcome, Pokey and Sunshine, to Australia to the Family Travel Podcast. Hey, guys. 
<laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. So without revealing your true identities, why don't you just start off with uh, giving us a bit of background about, um, you know, how you came to be travelling around Australia? Well, it started off that... Started off uh, as a joke, pretty much. Yeah, a bit of a joke. You, you are actually really good at telling this bit of a story. <laughs> Go for it. Well, it was my idea. I was working in a job that I didn't like, having a tough time at, and I was like, I just want to buy a bus and travel around. And Pokey was like, that is crazy. What are we going to do? Go on a magical bus tour? Like, how are we going to fund this? Straight away, I always went went into the business side of it thinking you'll never, you'll just forever be looking for jobs and forever be struggling to get income and all that sort of stuff. So it sort of put me off for the first six months or more of the idea that she had. Yeah, I was in a really good a job that I really enjoyed the challenge of and was sort of, I worked hard there. I enjoyed working hard there and really I was a mechanic by trade and I'd been promoted to being the manager of uh, the tyre shop that I was working in. And yeah, I was sort of kicking goals there, except for the fact that the work I was putting in, I wasn't getting paid what I was worth getting paid a base mechanic wage when I was running the whole workshop. Kind of just turned into a joke after that. When work wasn't going very good, we'd be like, oh, when are we going to get that bus? When are we going to go and travel around Australia? (laughs) And it'd always just be like a joke and we'd laugh it off. But by June 30th, end of the financial year. um, I'd put in for a pay rise and, yeah, I just thought, well, I'm putting all this effort and work in and not getting, I hadn't heard back to, tell me if my pay rise was coming and I figured six weeks was too long to wait. So I quit and then, um, yeah, and then it was only about... Two weeks later, two we weeks, had our motorhome yeah. parked in our driveway. Two weeks later, we had the motorhome. So you've been going for a bit over a year now? Uh, we've had it for a bit over a year, yeah. We've got the motorhome. Uh, it's an old Winnebago 1986 model. and We booked the boat and we had about 10, I think it was 10 weeks to get everything organised in our lives before we got on the boat. So that's our number one tip for anyone. Book the time like you're going to go on yeah, that day. Make, make it a set date and then you... You cannot you just, back out of it. Yeah, you, you can't. Like you get committed and you make everything that's got to fall in place fall in place. But what we did as well. I'm a big believer of if you put yourself in a stressful situation, you will overcome those situations and find a way to make it happen. And that's pretty much how we ended up where we are now. When you guys are talking about getting on the boat. Spirit of Tasmania that leaves Devonport. Um, And then, yeah, we just travelled around. We've travelled around the mainland, been from Victoria through to South Australia and then from South Australia went straight across to Sydney for New Year's. And then we've spent the rest of the time on the East Coast picking up work where we can with the drone business that I started. Wonderful. And, And whereabouts are you at the moment? Gundaya, Gundy Pub. Yeah. I've been a Gundy the- Pub. It is actually really good. It's only $10 a night to stay here. And the people are so friendly. And it's That's in Queensland big. near Harvey Bay for anyone listening that uh, doesn't know where Gundy Pub is. And they've got a bull riding ring here. And we watched bull riding yesterday and into the night last night, which was really cool. Very intense. I, I normally <laughs> say to Natalie, I'm lucky if I last seven seconds and uh, I don't get the same reaction. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Talking bull riding, it's okay. (laughs) I think most girls think the quicker the better. (laughs) 
I don't know. There's a lot of girls cheering on when the uh, the bike made it to eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, while we still uh, maintain the PG rating, um, <laughs> you mentioned that you were a mechanic before. The, the way we became connected was not through a traveling family Facebook group or anything. It was actually through a drone group. Um, so I'll be interested to hear about your drone business. But I guess when you set off from Tasmania, was it your plan to be working as a mechanic on the road? Yeah, well, when we first left, even on my last day, and if anyone wants to watch the, the old YouTube footage that I've done of our vlog when we first was getting ready to go, um, I made vlogs from about 17 days before we left. And even on the last day from leaving, I still didn't know 100% what we were going to be doing for income and how it was all going to go. But I was prepared to be doing anything. We even bought a um, windscreen chip repair kit, like a full professional kit, to do that as an income as well, like fix people's windscreens because obviously you meet a lot of travellers. That that was another thing I was doing for an income. I pretty much was being as, as resourceful as possible to think of what can I have with me that can make us a dollar while we're on the road. And I've done a few repairs for people and got paid some money. And then, yeah, we haven't done any for a while because the um, video business that we have got going is now sort of taking off and all our focus and energy is being put into that. It's funny you say as well about, you know, not knowing how you're going to do it, but having made the decision and, you know, thinking of all the contingencies, if we bump into each other up here in Queensland, I can actually fix a broken iPhone or iPad screen for you. Uh, that was my <laughs> plan B. I'm currently talking to you at the moment from a Samsung Galaxy Note 8 with a cracked screen. Any chance you're near Gundy Cup? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually up. Well. <laughs> Story of our lives. Where are we, Where are we again? <laughs> We're in Yapoon, so if you want to drive for oh, two hours. We'll meet on the other side. We'll meet on the Western Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Our future will be when we leave Tassie, we're going to the West Coast. And then we're going to head to probably Adelaide for New Year's. And then after New Year's, it's just kind of. Yeah, the same as what we're doing now. Yeah. No plan, just go. So the drone, was that um, something you picked up along the way or was it something that was a must-buy before you left? Um, yeah, no, that was uh, that was a must-buy before we left. Yeah, it was only a year, two days ago now that I purchased that. So that was just coming, that was just after we'd sort of got the motorhome. The drone came a thing because I wanted to be able to take photos and make videos as we travelled and I was looking at the cheaper ones and decided to just invest in it and really sort of make a go of having something that will have the opportunity to make an income for us in some way. So I went for something that had a fairly good camera, which is the uh, DJI Mavic Pro is my choice there. And it's been a faultless, reliable piece of kit, an amazing camera for, for what you get and takes really, really good video footage as well that is good enough that is enabling us to make a living out of now. So that's a really, really big plus in my eyes. And the fact that it's portable, it can fold up, fit in a backpack and take hiking to really cool places and get really good footage when you're going for a hike is another plus for it and doesn't take up a lot of room in here either. And before you set off on this trip or before the videos, you know, 17 days before you launched yep. from Tasmania, what was your 
videography and filmmaking background? Nil. Very, um, yeah. very, very limited. Limited. Um, <laughs> I the only camera that I'd ever done videoing with previous to that would be a GoPro, and not even really that much using a phone. I just went out on a limb and backed myself, I guess, by by learning basically everything I've learnt is from YouTube. We had no idea what we were doing at all. No, none at we all. Just, we were leaving Tasmania and we were going to go and travel Australia. So the uh, crazy. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to swear. <laughs> but how mental! It was so. Insane. The only experience I'd had with editing was I used to have a drift car, so I used to compete on track drifting and had the GoPro for that. And all I was doing was just in a really basic free video editing software, just cutting clips together and not actually putting any sort of quality of editing of what I'm able to do now into it. it I've never spoken on camera or anything like that before. So to go from that to now nine months in, I'm making videos with voiceovers and everything attached to them and custom songs and all that sort of stuff. I've learned everything that I do in my business. I've learned from watching YouTube. Wow. You can do anything you want to do in your whole life. You just have to try. You just have to find the right resources. We started out uh, doing the advertising business when we first got to Adelaide. I We stumbled across a really old um, colonial town. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's called Old Talem Town. It's in Talem Bend just outside of Adelaide. Yeah, I made a video ad there just using the drone and their music with just text writing on it saying about the place. And we'd been on the road um, like two weeks at that stage. Yeah, we hadn't been on the road long. I'm a big believer of the universe brings you what you need. Yeah. And I feel like Taylor and Band. That's, that kicked it off. Um, that gentleman, to have a customer have tears in their eyes because of how happy they were with the product you're giving them lets you know that you are making the right choice about where you're heading with the business that you just started. And that was the first customer. And to have the video then hit 12,000 views on their Facebook page within a week, really backed it up that we were on the right track. Definitely. That's great. And I'll put a link to that video in the show notes so people can check it out. So you've been on the road for two weeks at this stage. You had a new drone you didn't know how to use, but you were YouTubing how to use it. Um, And did you approach... Old Talem Town to, um, with, the, with the idea of doing a drone video for them or was it something that they talked to you about? We went there as tourists. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love, like, my era I should have been born in was, like, the 1920s and I seen this advertised on the highway and I was like, oh, my God, we have to go there. <laughs> we went there and we paid our $25 each entry fee, went in, looked at everything, had an amazing time, and then Clinton was just like, oh, my God, I could make an incredible video of this. Yeah, I told him that, look, if you're not happy with the product, then there's no um, no fee. And I let him know that, like, I've only just sort of started doing it and I hadn't really had much experience. And, yeah, I uh, I produced the video in the same day that we were there. Um, oh, sorry, we organised to go back and then I produced the video from morning and it was delivered to him that afternoon and we got paid and thanks very much. It was great. And you did a photo shoot? Yeah, I did a a bit of a photo shoot. Ebony got to dress up uh, in uh, 1920s clothing and so like, you know how did you pack, all the makeup and everything. You and pack all the important was, things into the motorhome when you leave. You've got a whole house to pack in. Made sure I packed my costume bag. 
I love dressing up as 1920s. It's like my all-time favourite. We can all. Everything. Perfect. Oh, definitely. First three weeks, got pulled out. (laughs) Confirmation, (laughs) it had to be packed. (laughs) Yeah, good fun. And so I guess the great point you made there is it was one of those things where you just put yourself out there, made yourself available. There was no risk to the potential customer and they came away with a product they loved and yep. no risk to them and now it's turned into something bigger and i guess now being able to show that to other potential clients has been a big win-win as well so i guess for anyone else out there doing something for potentially free to start off with or creating no risk might be a good first step well that's that's how i still run my business and Definitely. I do not accept payment. I don't want payment upfront unless they're a customer uh, that's getting several video ads and then I ask for a deposit, but I don't accept full payment until they're 100% happy. Uh, That way, that customer isn't put off by the fact that you're making a video ad for them, but when when you've got that pressure on yourself, you no longer are... If you get paid first and then make it, um, you don't have the same pressure to perform and impress so that's putting the pressure back on myself by not having any money yet i've got to get this video ad done it's got to be good and it's got to wow them for me to get paid and when you do it to the stage where they're saying when are you coming back through you know you're on the right track of impressing them really really well because one wasn't enough clinton is incredible it's taken a lot of work like Definitely. the amount of hours I've watched YouTube videos, tutorial videos on not just drone flying and how to film with a drone, I've watched how to film with just a phone, all these tips of how to use. Uh, I've got a DJI Osmo as well that we bought at Christmas time after the business sort of started making it an attraction and we made a bit of money. Also, the editing side of it is way more than what the videoing is. Um, the videoing of it now is only about 30% of the skill. 70% of the skill is in the editing software and the knowledge in how to actually use that properly to get really, really high-quality results versus just an amateur sort of looking result. That's the big difference, I guess. And You can reach that quality by applying yourself yeah. on YouTube. You don't have to pay for the course. Yeah, I've had people on that drone page um, is a really good example where we met. Um, I've had people really compliment me on there that I've seen as people being really professional in the field of drones say, wow, you've done really well with that video. And to me, that's a really big sort of boost because these people are people that have been in the industry for 10 years or more. And here I am only nine months in and getting compliments from professionals that say that was awesome, which to me, I think is just, it's not bragging it's just saying like if you're dedicated enough at something and you really focus at it you'll get the results that you need to be able to continue doing what you're doing and it's obviously working for you and even your approach to potential clients uh, because correct me if i'm wrong but your drone business now is actually funding your whole trip yes to a point the nice program which is a government funded program for people to start up new businesses now what do you call it? On the normal side of life, you normally would have to be studying at a TAFE to go and do the NICE program and they'd put you through a business management course and all this sort of stuff. But we managed to be able to get hold of an instructor that does it remotely, uh, government funding to help us start the business and get it on track. 
but it's not very much. It's like about the same as you'd get if you were on the dole. But it just basically that is a government help to get your business started to get you to the stage where you are self-sufficient and self-employed. And and I had to come up with an idea of something I thought I can do this. And if I can do this for long enough that the government funding pays us up until a certain date, but right now can see where we're getting to now, that it would be paying our way and we will continue to do it. If you Even if you're in a town where you want to stay in that town, it's a massive booster. That's how we found out about it. One of our really, really good friends got a massive booster to start his business with it and he's now running an extremely successful business about yeah. two or three years. If you have an amazing idea, then... And you want to start a business, it's definitely a really good way to start it. I'll link to that in the, in the show notes. Um, just following on from the, you know, you bought the Mavic Pro and it was a way to take photos and videos. You know, I think it's a great drone. I have a Mavic Pro myself. And the reason I got that one was similar reasons to yourself. It's a pretty much an entry-level but commercial quality drone. There are yeah, way yeah. better drones out there that the professionals use. In your opinion, now that you're actually starting to generate a business from the Mavic Pro, do you feel the need to upgrade or is it still good enough to actually run your business? Um, I'd, there's always that gadget envy, I guess, of seeing the Phantom 4 Pro or the Inspire, the really big fancy drone that's like $8,000 or something. Um, but with what I'm doing, the Mavic Pro is getting by just fine. And the consumer that's seeing my product would not be able to know the difference between a Mavic Pro and an Inspire and a Phantom 4 Pro when they're looking at the footage they're shown. There's this stigma, especially with the drone people, if there's anyone listening with that, there's this stigma about the Mavic Pro looks like a bit of a toy because it's so small but it's not about the equipment. When it comes to making videos, I'm a big believer in this and there's a lot of YouTubers because that's what I do a lot of as well. There's a lot of YouTubers that have this belief system where it's not the equipment, it's not the gear, it's not how good the equipment is, it's how you use it and how you present the video that your final publish is. Really, your customer, at the end of the day, your customer is person that's going to go oh that's bad or that's good mm. they're never ever going to pick what kind of drone you use are they if you've got something good no that's right but yeah i don't i don't feel i'll need to pro uh, to upgrade the only reason i would be upgrading is simply because if it had a faster frame rate video ability um simply because of some of the video ads i want to make uh i can't get the definition i want with having slow-mo yeah um that's the only slight hiccup downfall but with my video editing skills to get past that being a worry when it comes to the final product i deliver to a customer uh, so if there was anyone out there who's just bought a drone and um they were a little bit hesitant as to you know, taking it up or what actually makes a good video or photo what's the best piece of advice that you have learned literally uh youtube is your university when it comes to anything these days literally all just focusing on learning how to fly it. So my advice is just watch tutorial videos and be use your common sense. There's videos out there that are tutorial videos by people that don't know what they're talking about. Like it's not hard to work out whether they're just trying to make a video to get views or if they're actually making a video because they're passionate about it and are 
really good at educating people in what they're doing. So get on and find good quality channels that have got what you need for anything that you want to learn, anything at all. But um, there's plenty There's plenty out there. There's loads of videos about tutorials for them. I'm just going back. How have you found the expenses while you've been travelling have been compared to being at home? Sunshine's the finance guru there. <laughs> I would delete out the finance guru bit as well. <laughs> um, no, well, I'm I'm a very organised person. I like to keep track of a lot of things. So I keep, because we have a business, I keep all the receipts of all the things that we spend. So I know what our sort of ingoings and outgoings are. And I figure that it's about half of what we would be spending if we were living in a house. But that includes, like, if you were living in a house, you'd be paying um, rent and electricity and water. But we still have to work just as hard to make that half. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm putting in just as many hours now trying to get the business up and running um, because you get a lot of no's before you get someone that will say yes when it comes to making a video ad when you just walk in off the street. There's so much glorification of bus life, but there is so much hard work involved. Like we have worked so hard in the yeah. nine months to get where to where we are and we are not even anywhere near where we want to be, are we? Just living this situation requires a lot more manual labour in time in some no, regards exactly, for simple yeah. simple things that at home you take for granted. You flush the toilet and that's gone forever. You flush the toilet here, six days later you've got to go and empty it out. <laughs> You wash the dishes, you use the water. Yeah, exactly. You your, got, grey, your grey water, you've got to go and empty out as well. And, and you have to have enough water to be able to have enough water for drinking and making food and washing dishes. Yep. So, yeah, one, at least once to, once a week you're going to be doing emptying of grey water. Topping up your black water. water. Topping up water. You have to find places to be able to do that and, like, oh. And that, and that alone can take up a lot more time than people realise. Exactly. Like people think, oh, you just got to go to a dump station. One day when we were on the Sunshine Coast, we drove all day just to find water that we could use. Exactly. Um, simple thing like that. If you had like, uh, if I had stuff planned that day for the business that I wanted to do, but then all of a sudden I realised our water was nearly em- empty, we got to go and find water, but we didn't know where to go and find water. And then the whole day was just deleted and we just couldn't, yeah, we couldn't do anything, couldn't achieve anything. So that day was uh, no longer available to make any money with. But did you YouTube it? No, that was actually in a moment of where we had a lot of other footage that that didn't actually get put into the footage. Yeah. Now I'm doing daily videos. That sort of thing wouldn't get missed. Yeah, in the future that sort of stuff will happen, I guess, and they will make into the into the videos. We'll talk about those um, those videos in a minute because I think that's that's quite good. Yep. Just, just to circle back though, you mentioned that quite often you get a lot more no's before you get yeses. What's yes. your advice to someone who's getting started in a new business or getting they've found a new side gig and they're trying to get up and going? Don't ever take anything personal. Um, there's, I guess there's a big contrast between me and Sunshine in that regard when it comes to business of if you go in and you get a no, uh, how I react to that versus how a lot of other people react to that are two contrasting things where I just go, yep, no worries, and I accept the fact that that, that business is happy with where they're at and they're not wanting to expand by using advertising that I can provide. Um, and that's just a very black and white business-like mindset I guess I have in that regard. So 
it's just walk out that door and walk in the next one and ask the same question again and keep going until you find that one yes. And it's not that hard to get the yes. You've just got to be very confident, but you've also got to think about how the conversation went um, after you walk out and you've got to think, how can I change that to benefit me on the next event and then the next event? And every time you do that, you learn a little bit more about yourself and how you're delivering it because if you don't take the fact that you're getting a no on board yourself that it could possibly be the way you're delivering it, not necessarily the business, but you tell yourself it's the business so then you don't get down on it, but you analyse yourself to see if you can deliver it in a better way to try and sell it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So when you go into the 100th store, you've already had a 100 times of analysing yourself and in that 100, you might have already got 20 yeses. But to get that 20 yeses, you've got better and better and better each time. Yeah, that's all very good advice. I think Natalie's distracted. She hears some bells. Yeah, like, I'm like, is that a cat? Is that a cat? Oh, yeah, we've got a cat. Oh, yes. if, you go on our, if you go on our YouTube, uh, you will see Bill, the, the cat that um, gets, yeah, gets featured on our YouTube and Instagram quite a bit. Probably, got- probably take his collar off so it's not disrupting <laughs> um, the audio. I'll link to the video of how to live with a cat on the road uh, yep. in the show notes. Uh, and so that brings me on to the YouTube channel. So you've made a YouTube video about living with your cat and you mentioned you've got a daily video log. Uh, why YouTube compared to, uh, say, a Facebook page or a blog? Uh, basically, YouTube will pay you for having them. That's honest truth straight to the point. If I put 500 videos up on Facebook in the, over the next, say, two years, Facebook won't pay me ad, re- ad revenue no matter how many views those videos get or how viral they ever go. Where by using the platform of YouTube, they do advertise on your videos once you get to a certain stage. Um, but I view the investment in time that I'm putting into doing the daily vlogs now in, say, 10 years from now if we're still doing them, I probably won't have to be doing video ads anymore in 10 years, but we can still afford to travel because YouTube will be paying us a monetization from advertising on our videos. So the video that I put up today in 10 years from now could have potentially uh, like 10,000 views or it could have 10 million views. I don't know. But it is, it's investing in basically our future of something that people can watch and it's amazing like now that we've got so many videos up and a fair few people are following us and watching it of how many minutes a day or how many minutes people are watching us it's just a little bit daunting actually like when you look yeah you look at the analytics on there and it's a finance decision for the future um right because i was was trying to find you on facebook and uh obviously yeah um i've i've been thinking about it lately i don't know if i want a facebook page or not we we are pretty flat out with all the platforms Mm. that we use at the moment um facebook i use personally for myself um just to communicate with friends and family Mm -hmm. and yeah the youtube side of it is as much as it is fun making the videos there's a business mindset driving the videos. Yeah. Well, we'll go into in a moment um, how 
uh, listeners can find you. But um, first of all, we've got a couple of little questions that we like to ask everyone that comes on. Um, so the first one is, since you left, is there anything that you bought for your trip that costs $20 or less that you can't imagine life without? The chairs we've that we've got in the motorhome, which are just, well, they Kmart chairs? Fold yeah, up. Kmart. Fold up. Just metal metal frame fold-up camp chairs. They've pull-out um, tables. They've got a little pull-out table, so they're the perfect thing inside the motorhome yeah. to sit at the table in here, but also the perfect thing to go outdoors under the awning or sit outside to just watch the sunset or whatever. So they're a universal thing. So they take, instead of having camp chairs separate, we've got them as the main dining room chairs as well. Yep. We have those as well and really like them. Yep. They're good. Multi-use. Yeah. Multi That's what you want. Yep. Anything major that you brought along with you and then realised you hadn't used and we should left behind? Uh, well, when we bought the motorhome, we had these two amazing, like, swivel rocking, like, armchair yeah, comfortable came. things. They were amazing. They came in the motorhome. They were so good. We put blankets over them. We're like, oh, they're so lovely. And they were just ended up being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, you couldn't, because they had, like, big, sort of velvet things that hung down to the floor. You couldn't see what was underneath them. And they, they, were just, they weighed a ton. Oh, they were just annoying, really. Yeah. And we got rid of them. We put our armchairs in, what we just told you about, our little camp chair things, and we can see what's under there. We can store stuff better. Yeah. That was probably the number one item we got rid of that was like, yes. Yeah, definitely happy about getting rid of those. And I had a lot of clothes. Yeah, you got rid of loads of clothes that you didn't need. One thing you should probably know about me, I had a, um, the biggest bedroom in our house was my dressing room and I had it filled to the brim, to the brim, <laughs> like clothing and handbags okay. and shoes. For the ladies at home, uh, imagine you're walking into some celebrity's dressing room and it is lined wall to wall with clothes, all in order, all in colour order, all in type order. A stack of shoes that was on a rack, all perfectly organised from floor to ceiling. So I did actually. I will do a little background <laughs> here. I did. I did. Um, was a manager of a clothing shop for a couple of years, which is kind of my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Got everything <laughs> really <laughs> cheap. So with all your your clothes and all your, all your belongings, actually, did you sell them all, or have you got them in storage? Most of it went to Vinnie's. Threw it all out to Vinnie's. Yeah, they're gonna sell it for however much and make a little bit of money and help someone like. Yeah, I just I just needed it gone, really. Honestly, it was decluttering our lives. I needed it gone out of my life because if it had sat in the hallway waiting for someone to buy it off Gumtree, it would have got put back in my wardrobe and I wouldn't have sold it. <laughs> I needed it gone, like because I think I was actually a hoarder. Yeah, yeah, a very tidy hoarder, but you were a hoarder. Extremely organised hoarder, but <laughs> I just needed it out of my life. Awesome. But I, I love that you still got a, a costume bag. Packed though. Oh, definitely. You know, you have to keep the essentials. <laughs> There's certain things that you need in life: oxygen and a costume bag. <laughs> so, since you've been traveling, just changing, changing the subject slightly. Uh, where is your favorite spot that you've visited? Okay, favorite camp. Rainbow Beach. Rainbow Beach. Yeah, Inskip Point. That was amazing there. Um, so, just looking out. Like from there, you can look out and see Fraser Island, and it was just beautiful, light, nice sand. And we were there, we were there not that long ago, and it was just like middle of winter, and you're just walking along the beach at seven in the morning in shorts and singlet, laying in the water. <laughs> this Queensland weather's tough, I tell you. Oh, so incredible. Um, and Clinton's in a Prince, Dugong. Prince Town in Victoria is another really pretty, pretty place. Um, 
it's nearly to the 12 Apostles along Great Ocean Road. It's only about 7Ks from the uh, 12 Apostles. There's a little place called Princetown and they've got a uh, like a big football field there that you can camp around. And the contrast, you know, the big cliff where the cliff faces at 12 Apostles, how high they are, they're just massive and tower over you. This is the very start edge of that cliff face. And on the other side, there's like a little river that goes in. And on the other side of that is a beach that's just like sand. And then you walk to the end of the beach and you've got a river. And then out of coming out of the river is a 50 metre high cliff. So incredible. It's like the earth just split and cracked in that where that river is and just lifted up out of the ground. It's unreal. So last question, if you could have a giant billboard in the middle of a major city, what advice would you give to someone who is thinking of travelling and worried that, you know, they may not be able to find work in their current profession? Don't do the job. Don't do the same profession. Fuck it off. <laughs> no, can I just explain my little story for that, though? Um, yeah. I used to be the manager of a well-known clothing store um, in a town and I did that for about three years, worked at the store for longer than that. Um, I hated it. And I am a person that does not like the word hate. Oh, I don't ever say it. It's a horrible word. Um, but I really did not like that job. And so I left and I quit that full-time manager position, went and followed my dream. Now I'm travelling Australia. Awesome. Yeah, help me around the business. Um, a billboard to advise anyone wanting to do this uh, would be don't settle for what you think is possible. Stretch the boundaries of what what is possible and, and what, create something you never thought you could. Just because you think you're um, at the limits of what you are in your own town yeah. doesn't mean you can't go and exceed limits somewhere else. Um, something I'd like to add that I think would benefit people that may be thinking about going and doing the whole living on the road thing is when you start doing this life, you very – it didn't take us very long, but nearly everyone that I've spoken to that does live on the road has a very similar sort of perception that the regular life of what you live now at home in a house and all that sort of stuff is constrained by your own belief system of what you believe now. But when you get out of that whole – nine-to-five job situation and go and live on the road, you become free from When you stop what living is, for money. Yeah, you get stuck in debt in this whole process of life in debt. Uh, and not everyone is even in debt, but they don't realise that they're still living the same way as if they were. Whether you're paying rent or paying off a loan, you're still living that same life. As soon as you're not doing that... Um, you have this freeing feeling that life isn't constrained by rules that you believed existed before. Mark and I are nodding at each other because we had a very similar conversation in the last day or two. Like you, you kind of feel like the whole world has opened up to you and anything is possible once you step away. If money isn't your motivation and your own personal happiness is, I think you're going to live a better life. Yeah. Than you're ever going to live. Yeah. My... Our whole motivation for doing what we're doing is to chase happiness, not to chase money. Like, yes, I've got to work hard to create a video for someone and people people probably think it's not that hard to work. You try and sit in front of your computer doing the same thing for 12 hours to create 30 seconds of footage. 
that's hard work. <laughs> 30 seconds of footage to take 12 hours to make is a lot of work. Well, but you make it in a comparison to when, what your life could have been. Yeah. When I look at, I get to sit here in Queensland in a motorhome out in the bush, listening to birds chirp in the background versus dealing with being a mechanic, working in a cold workshop, busting my knuckles under a car, oil dripping in my eye versus doing this. I'll take this any day. This is, I'm not earning as much money, but I don't need as much either. Money isn't important. No. As long as you have food, as long as you have shelter, that is what you need in life. Yep. And happiness. The aim of this podcast is to basically get that message across. And I think you've articulated probably the best way. And we know that people who are already traveling listen to this. And from the conversations we've had, nearly everyone, you're right, has that same changed perspective on life. Once they step away from their house and the artificial constraints that it gives you, it makes you realise, wow, I don't actually have to do that anymore. There are other options. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we would love people to see. Um, The, The way I found you was through one of your daily vlogs on YouTube. And as soon as I heard you speak and you talked about how that little device, that Mavic Pro changed your life, I knew I've got to speak to this guy. How can our listeners find you and how can they hear more and even see more about your story? Yeah, well, uh, just go onto YouTube and type in Pokey and Sunshine to Australia and you will find us straight away. Um, On YouTube, that's basically we upload every single day uh, and it's not just a travel video. Don't think we're going to be like all these other people that are doing the same. I don't want to pre- be producing what other life, people right? are doing. I produce a video every day that is about the crazy stuff that happened that day. It's actually amazing I have enough footage every day to make a video, but I manage to be able to do it, and it becomes an interesting thing to be able to follow along with because you see how much different our life is versus how a regular person living at home's life would be that goes to work and then comes home, goes to work, comes home and doesn't really do that much where we would do more things in, a, in a, say, a week than what most people would do in a month. Our Instagram as well, Pokey and Sunshine Do Australia, is where you can see uh, Sunshine's version of our trip. She does all the Instagram side of it. So. And I've subscribed to that YouTube channel after watch the first one. I have to admit, I was hooked. So yep. I'd highly recommend our listeners subscribe. Now, I already said before that this is my final question, but this one is actually really my final question. By watching one of those videos, I noticed that there was a leg, a prosthetic <laughs> leg stuck in the front of the vehicle. And in, in the video, there was a bit of a cliffhanger. You said, I'll tell you more about that later. And... I scrolled through some of these videos and I couldn't find anything else. What's the story with the pros- with the prosthetic leg? Um, well, I've got it there at the moment just in case. <laughs> like, I've, I've got it there. Well, you never know. You might I might get to an area where I'm going for a swim and a crocodile bites my leg off and I need a spare one. <laughs> um, who knows? Like I might even the first aid kit. <laughs> a uh, member of the first aid kit. Yeah. It, um, I think it's that's got a, a, an answer I could have heard. 
You can never come too prepared. We actually only a couple of weeks ago went and did a first aid course. And I think if you're going to go and travel Australia and go to remote places that you should just go and invest in like, I think it was about $120 each, I think, do that. Especially if you go into remote places and it's just you and your partner or you and your partner and kids and there's no one else around, you need to know how to deal with a, um, a situation of danger. Like if someone's in a life-threatening situation like a snake bite or something like that and you do, you yeah. do the wrong thing, you're putting your family member at risk. So, um, And one of our first episodes, we actually talked to a paramedic and a nurse who gave very similar um, information. So if anyone's listening and hasn't listened to that episode. Episode three, uh, first aid essentials for travelling families. And if anyone has actually done the senior first aid course or provide first aid as it's called, it's actually still worth listening to that particular episode uh, because this particular paramedic and emergency nurse uh, talk about the shortfalls with the current curriculum and some of the major life-saving things are actually missing from the course that everyone should do. So I'd, I'd recommend checking that out. So just want to say thank you very much, Pokey and Sunshine. Do we get to hear your real names now or are we keeping that a mystery? No, I keep it a mystery. <laughs> Lovely. Keep it a mystery. It'll make, it'll make people want to find out what the hell are these guys about. <laughs> Maybe. My Might name's work. still like random anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to a big peachy adventure of families travelling full time. What drives us is hearing of those we've inspired to simplify their life and take the first step towards their travelling goals. So please, if you get any value from what we're doing, the biggest reward we could ask is that you share this podcast with your travelling buddies. Don't forget to click subscribe and also please leave us a review. Five stars, hopefully, but if not, that's okay. Please leave a comment and let us know what we can do better. If you'd like to connect with us personally or have any questions, you can find us on Facebook at A Big Peachy Adventure. See you on the road and happy travels.